Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. in the hearts of men. The shadow knows. (laughs) Once again, we bring you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learnt a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Three Crimes on Christmas Eve. Oh, I beg your pardon. I'm so sorry. I... Oh, Margot. Lamont. Oh, don't tell me you're Christmas shopping, too. Oh, you can't come with me. I'm getting your present. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm getting yours, too. Fine thing, waiting until practically the last minute. Touche. Grab it. We'll make it something special. Yours is going to cost a fortune. <laughs> I'll be on my way. See you later. Lie quietly, darling. I'm right beside you. Margo. Oh, my head hurts. I hope you're right, Miss Lane. A slight concussion, perhaps, but nothing more serious, I'm sure. Oh, doctor, I hope so. There's a fine stunt to pull right before Christmas. You'll be out for the holiday, Mr. Cranston. You'd better have him out by Christmas Eve, Dr. Clark. He's promised to help me trim my Christmas tree. I'll be there, darling, no matter what. I'll be at your flat on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Margot. Oh, Lamont, where have you been? I called the hospital and they said you left early this evening. I thought I'd better take a little walk, darling. My my, my head started to spin when I got out on the street. Oh, no wonder I couldn't reach you. I called everywhere. Oh, I feel much better now. My, Margot, that tree's superb. Mm, isn't it? It's really so lovely, I'm thinking of wearing it somewhere. Provided you have a star left I can put in your hair. Oh, darling, you're in a wonderful mood tonight. Do you happen to notice what I'm standing under? Uh, The chandelier. Why? Look what I've decorated it with. 
Berries. Berries. It's mistletoe. Hmm, looks wonderful. Well, let's finish trimming the tree. Oh, all right. Here's your star. You can put it on the top. I'll need a ladder or something. Stand on a chair. Here's one. That's right, darling. Choose the one with the nicest upholstery. Here's a newspaper. I'll stand on this. I'll spare your chintz, madam. Lamont, let's have this Christmas Eve just for the two of us. Make it nice and quiet, romantic and old-fashioned. Well, I'm certainly in favour of the (laughs) old-fashioned. You're so romantic, darling. But really, no shop talk, no robberies, no crimes, and no murders. Lamont, why are you staring at the newspaper like that? This is tonight's last edition. Margot, have you seen these headlines? I know. I haven't had a chance to look at it. Three Christmas Eve robberies loot homes of the poor. A thief loose tonight on Christmas Eve? City Relief Center loses money. No Christmas dinners for the poor. Oh, no. Fun for Christmas Day parties stolen from the Bleecker Street Orphans' Home. Oh, that's horrible, darling. Widow and eight-year-old grandson face eviction on Christmas Day as thief makes off with life savings. Lamont, how could anyone... Public clamors for action. Catch thief tonight. Restore holiday cheer. I'll bet Commissioner Weston's furious. Oh, dear. Who's that? No, I'll go, Margot. Well, we're certainly not romantic. I haven't made the old fashions. And it looks like we won't be nice and quiet, either. Hello, Lamont. Oh, Commissioner Weston. Well, speak of the... Speak of the what? Uh, of the police force. Um, come in. Thanks. Oh, excuse me for barging in like this, Margot, but I had to get out of that office of mine or go mad. We just read about the robberies. Yes, what a thing to happen. And on Christmas Eve. The public's going wild. The newspapers are charging incompetence. My telephone's been ringing so much it sounds more like a burglar alarm. Well, I'm not surprised, Weston. Of all things, stealing from the poor, what a low-down trick. How am I going to catch the thief when I haven't even got a clue? Not a fingerprint, not anything. Oh, what a Christmas day I'll have tomorrow. You? What about those poor people down at the relief center? Where's their Christmas dinner, the one day in the year when they are certain of a good feed. What about those poor orphan children? No Christmas party for them. They've probably been living for Christmas Day. And that poor widow, tossed out on the street with an eight-year-old grandson. What kind of a Christmas Day? What, what kind of faith will they have in this goodwill towards men if the thief isn't caught and their money returned? All right, all right. Don't you start too, please. Just let me sit down. What happened at the City Relief Centre for Men, Commissioner? Well, the man in charge, a chap named Chris Flynn, reported their money was stolen about six o'clock tonight. Some woman named Marion Barclay reported the orphanage was looted about 15 minutes later. Then at 6.30, the tenement home of the widow Martha Smith was entered, and all the money she'd saved was stolen. Oh, it isn't the money so much. The total amount of the three robberies only comes to about, uh, oh, 200. 200, eh? Yes, as I said, it isn't the money so much, but just think what it means to those poor people. Those robberies took place about 15 minutes apart from 6 o'clock this evening until 6.45. All of those buildings were in the same street. Weston, how about Margot and me trying our hand at catching your thief? What could you do? Well, I had an idea just now. Oh, Lamont, darling, you're still not well. Now, this is an emergency, Margot. We're going to that relief centre first. If my idea is correct, Commissioner, we'll have your criminal for you on Christmas morning, tomorrow, before dawn. Uh, Here we are, Margot. City Relief Centre for Men. Listen, Lamont. The streets are so quiet now, you can hear the organ in that old church just over the road. I wonder where the office is. The place looks deserted. Do you suppose the men have all gone to bed? Well, 
What else have they got to do, Margot? Come on, I've got to find out where they keep the money for the center. Wait here for me, Margot. But this is the men's dormitory, Lamont. Well, it's quite decent, I assure you. Aside from being pitch black. Well, where are you going? Well, the office must be through here towards the back. You stay where you are by the door. It shouldn't take me long. Poor lonely men. A bed and a pillow and a free meal is all you can claim on Christmas Eve. I wonder where you all came from. What happier Christmas Eves you've known. That carol. God rest you merry gentlemen. Perhaps that's prophetic. Perhaps tomorrow will be happier for all of you. Lamont, is that you? Yes, Margot. Come on. You found something back there? Yes, a clue. Exactly what I'd hoped for. It leads us to our next stop, Margot, the orphan's home. Now we're really on the trail of the thief. So this is the Bleecker Street orphanage. Yes, this must be the office door here. It's not locked. Hmm. You wait right here in the hall. Lamont, one of the babies is crying. The children are probably all asleep upstairs. Stay here, Margot. I'll be back again in a minute. Oh, poor little pet. The children go to sleep early on Christmas Eve. Bless all of you. May you all find happier homes soon and parents to love you. May your next Christmas be a real Christmas day. The kind all little children should know. I've been knocking again, Margot. I've got it. Now, I know I was right about the robberies. What is it, Lamont? What are you keeping from me? A surprise, darling. A big surprise. Well, can't you tell me now? No, no, no. Not yet. But I can tell you this. They're going to that tenement down the street where the widow and her grandson are being evicted tomorrow. And there we're going to find the third clue, the third and last clue that will lead us directly to our Christmas Eve thief. One seven seven Bleecker Street. This is it, Margot. Come on. Yes. Now, Weston said her rooms were on the second floor. Imagine having to live in a place like this. Most of these poor people have never known anything better. And watch these stairs. Who do you think the thief is, Lamont? Someone living here? I don't know yet, Margot. But we'll be close. Very close in a minute. Uh, let's see now. Weston said her rooms were second floor at the rear. Uh, that must be the door down the hall there. Door is opening, Lamont. Step back into the corner, out of the light, quickly. <laughs> it's an old woman with a child. I, I don't want to go away, Granny. You promised, Granny, you wouldn't cry anymore. Why do we have to go away? It's just for tonight, Bobby. Don't you want to go upstairs and stay with your little friend, Ted? Aren't you going to stay with me? No, darling. Granny has to sleep at home down here. She, well, she has to see some people in the morning. They're not going out after all. If she takes him upstairs, that should give me time enough to get into her rooms while she's gone. Let me wipe your eyes, Bobby. There, that's a good boy. Now, now blow your nose. <laughs> that's a good boy. Don't forget you promised me I could come back and play under my Christmas tree in the morning. Granny promised, darling. Somehow, something must happen. 
so that I can bring you back to your own home in the morning. She wants the child out of the way when the men come to evict them in the morning. Lamont, you've got to find that thief. Come on, Bobby. Take Granny's hand. She'll bring you home in the morning for a happy Christmas day. They've both gone up that back flight of stairs. You stay here and watch. She left her door open. I'm going in. Come and warn me if you hear her coming down again. How right she was. Something must happen. She and Bobby must have their Christmas tree and be happy in their own little home in the morning. Lamont! Lamont, she's coming. The old lady's coming back. Come on, Marco, hurry. Did you find what you wanted? Down the stairs, quickly. I'll tell you when we reach the street. I'm not going another step, Lamont Cranston, until you tell me what's going on. I've got our thief, Margot. I know where I can find him now. Where? You've got to do one more thing for me. Go back to your flat and wait for me there. Well, where are you going? I've got to go back and visit all three of these places once more as the shadow. But why? I can't tell you now, Margot. Just give me one more hour. I'll not only explain everything then, but I'll bring the thief back to your flat with me. We'll return to the shadow in just a moment. And now, back to the shadow. Lamont Cranston has just told his friend, Margot Lane, he knows the identity of a Christmas Eve robber. He has promised to bring the thief to her flat after he revisits his three victims on a secret mission as the shadow. His first stop is the bedroom of old Chris Flynn, the man in charge of the city relief centre. Wake up, Chris Flynn. It's almost Christmas morning. What's that? I said, wake up, Chris Flynn. A shadow. Don't be afraid. I come to bring you a Christmas greeting. Christmas greeting? When you wake tomorrow morning, go directly down to your office. There, Chris, you will find the money. The money is stolen from this relief center tonight. I, I, I must be dreaming. No, Chris. The shadow speaks the truth. The thief has been apprehended. Your men will have their Christmas dinner. You will find the money in the morning, Chris. Believe me, the shadow knows. You can stop pacing the floor now, Marion Barclay. Yes, you can stop worrying now. There will be no more sadness here in your orphan's home. What's that voice? The voice of the shadow, who brings you new hope and Christmas cheer. I don't know who you are, where you are, or how you got here. But I do know this. No one can bring cheer to this orphan's home tonight. Not even when I tell you that when you awaken tomorrow, you will find the money that was stolen from you tonight. What are you saying? When you awaken tomorrow, go to the safe in your office. There you will find the money saved for your orphan's Christmas Day party. But how? How could it be there? The thief has been caught. That the shadow promises you. Go to sleep now, Marion Barclay. Sleep now in peace. Your Christmas Day will be merry. 
and your orphans will be happy again. You can stop crying now, Martha Smith. There's no more need for tears now. This is the voice of the shadow to bring you joyful news. Your life savings were stolen tonight. Tomorrow you'll find it all under Bobby's Christmas tree in the other room in the morning. The spirit of Christmas is here, Martha. The love of mankind, peace on earth and goodwill toward all men that comes to us on this day, the brightest day in all the year. Have you been, Lamont? You promised to come back in half an hour. Let me sit down a minute. Something's happened. You said you'd bring the thief with you. I have brought him, Margot. Although it's taken longer than I thought. Longer to get up enough courage to tell you. Where is he? You're looking at him now. His name is Lamont Cranston. Lamont, you're ill. The accident... Yes, the accident was responsible. But I'm well now, and I know what I'm saying. Something happened today when you left the hospital. I felt something was wrong when you said your head hurt and you walked around and, and you were so vague about where you'd been. I didn't know then. My mind must have become a blank. I was afraid to admit it before, but I had no idea where I'd gone from the time I left the hospital until I came here. I left the hospital shortly before those robberies took place and arrived here not very long afterwards. Where have you been just now? Visiting those three victims of my crime again as the shadow, telling them their money had been returned. That's what you were doing tonight. When you took me around to those three places and let me believe we were on the trail of the thief, you were putting the money back. I had to get it back as soon as possible when I realized suddenly what I'd done. Margot, don't you see what this means? I must stop my detective work, trying to help bring criminals to justice just as I have in the past. Why, darling, it's been your one great interest. You've dedicated your life to it. Yes, perhaps that's what's wrong. First, I've been working too intensely. And then when this accident happened... Some crazy quirk in my brain set me off on that minor crime wave. The very type of thing that I've been helping to prevent. The way perhaps, well, perhaps the way a mad dog turns on the thing he loves most. You can't give it up. It's your life. It's better to give up that life than to risk hurting people just as these people have been hurt tonight. Oh, darling, perhaps you're wrong. Perhaps you weren't the thief. You can't be sure you did it. Not really. I have definite proof I robbed all three of those places. What proof, Lamont? You heard Weston say that the money stolen amounted to exactly 200. Yes. While he was telling you that, I reached in my pocket and I found a bundle of notes. Exactly 200 in cash. When I left the hospital, I had nothing. You brought my watch and all my things home. Who's that? It's probably Commissioner Weston. He called a while ago and I told him we were bringing the thief here. He asked if he might come. I'd better let him in. Lamont, you're going to tell him? We promised to show him the thief. Good evening, Mr. Benson. Do you mind if I bring in a friend? I no, Commissioner. Oh, of course not. Thanks. Ah, oh, good evening. Or I imagine it's good morning now, Margot. Oh, Weston, who's this boy? Young Bill Malone. Our thief you promised to have here. Well, that's a lie. Weston, he... He can't be the thief. He can't prove anything. Can't I? No, just because you caught me hanging around Bleecker Street. Hang around Bleecker Street, my foot. We checked and found he'd worked at all three places. The relief centre, the orphanage, and the tenement at one time. 
You found the money on him, Commissioner? No, but he's probably got it hidden somewhere. We'll soon make him tell. Well, that's a lie, I tell you. Make him let me go. I'm afraid you'll have to let him go, Weston. This boy isn't your thief. Oh, so he's not, eh? All right, Detective Cranston, suppose you name the thief. Very well, Weston. Your thief goes by the name... Lamont! By the name of... Oh, that's probably O'Reilly down at Central, Margot. I told him to call me here. I forgot the news. Well, you answer it then, Commissioner. Thanks. I will, if I may. Hello. Oh, Commissioner Weston speaking. Yes, O'Reilly. You what? When did you find that out? Well, it's a good thing you told me. I would have looked an idiot. Well, I've got to admit you win this time, Lamont. You found out I didn't do it? I'm not so sure, but I've got no legal right to hold you. What happened, Commissioner? O'Reilly's just been checking up and he's found that the stolen money's back again. It's been returned. There. You have to let me go. Whoever took the money was suddenly struck by the Christmas spirit, I imagine, and decided to replace it. Well, I imagine I might as well be getting. Yes, but Weston... By the way, Lamont, I forgot to ask. Did you find that wad of notes I put in your coat pocket when I came to the hospital this afternoon? The wad of... Yes, the nurse said you were sleeping, so I just left it in the coat myself. Lamont! I suppose you didn't realize you'd lost your wallet when the car hit you. Uh, one of the boys in point duty brought it into headquarters. The wallet's just about ruined. I didn't think you'd want that. But the money's all there. Just about uh, 200. So that was where it came from. You must have been planning on doing some heavy Christmas shopping with that much money, Lamont. Now I remember. I was going to buy Margot's present. Some bonds. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. I'll be on my way. Uh, Commissioner, can the boys stay here a minute? I'd like to talk to him. Yes, yes, of course. I've got no further right to hold him. Well, cheerio. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. What do you want with me? Billy, you did steal that money, didn't you? You heard what the commissioner said. It was all put back. I put that money back myself a little while ago. Gee, you did that? Yes. If I hadn't, those people would have had one of the saddest days of their lives. The men at the relief center would have had no Christmas dinner. The orphans wouldn't have had their Christmas presents. And that poor widow and the child would have spent Christmas on the street. Gee, I... I didn't realize it meant so much to them. I knew it. You did steal that money. Oh, I wouldn't have done it, honest, if I'd known it meant all that. I, I know what it means to be poor. I wouldn't have stolen it from them. Why did you? Well, they were the only places I could get in. I knew it was the quickest and easiest way. I had to have the money quick. What for? Oh, my old lady needed it bad. She's got to have an operation, and if I hadn't taken it... So that's what happened to it, Lamont. Oh, I, I don't know why I took it. I, I, I've never done anything like that before. I'd never do it again, no matter how bad I needed the cash. But something happened inside. What do you mean? Oh, something must have snapped in my mind. I think I... I didn't know what I was doing, what it meant. But you couldn't understand that, could you, mister? Yes, I can, Billy. You mean you do understand? You, you don't blame me too much, then? Men and boys, too, Billy, do strange things sometimes under mental and emotional stress. When they've never happened before, and probably never will happen again, we should understand and forgive. You mean you, you won't turn me over to the police? The money has been returned. I'll never do it again, truly I won't. I'll never let anything get me down like that again. I believe you, Billy. Good night now. Gee, you're a great fella. Good night, miss. Good night. Merry Christmas, Billy. And that goes to your mother, too. Merry Christmas to both of you. And thank you again. Lamont, darling, it wasn't you after all. I just felt somehow it couldn't be. Well, it 
Looks like we're going to have a Merry Christmas after all. And Lamont Cranston can still go on sleuthing. And the shadow will still be around. You bet he will be. Want me to prove it right now? No, darling, I believe you. Well, Lamont, look. I'm under the mistletoe. So I see. Close your eyes, darling. They're closed. I said they're closed. Lamont, where are you? (laughs) Yes, darling, I catch on. The shadow is still around. And so concludes tonight's Christmas presentation of The Shadow. Next week, same time, same station, we bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. Shall you reap evil? Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> this feature is produced by Reds Johnston for Grace Gibson Radio Productions, a masterpiece of suspense. <laughs> <laughs> 